Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to the broadcast today. Man, oh man, oh man, I am so jacked up about this material that I'm sharing with you because I'm telling you, religion, religion twists everything. Religion takes truth and takes good news and promises and twists them just enough to where they sound bad or where you can't tell if they're bad or good and perverts our concept of God and, and always makes our life hard. I'll tell you, there's, there's wonderful people who love God, who are, who are seeking to serve God, who want to live a godly life that struggle internally because of not, not just the fact that, may, you know, that maybe they themselves went to church and grew up in religion, but because of the religious influence on the entire world. Now, I want you to understand something. The world system, and the Bible talks about the world, you know, love not the things of the world. It's talking about a system. And there are, there are only two systems that exist. One is the world system. The other is the kingdom of God. And every single decision we make, everything that we do, puts us functioning in the laws of one of those systems. Now, when I say laws, I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the way things work, you know. In the world system, it is totally driven by selfishness, self-gratification. You know, Anton LaVey, the founder of the, of the American Satanist Church, I heard him say one time, he said, the truest form of Satanism is not when you bow down and pledge allegiance to the devil. The truest form of Satanism is self-centeredness because the, if you are serving, serving self, you, you, you can't serve God. If you are serving self, you're always going to dive into that world system and you're going to, everything's going to be about your gratification and that is going to be the opposite of walking in love toward, toward others. So, but I tell you what, I want to show you how to have the most incredible, enjoyable life that you could ever have uh, and walk with God. You know, one of the interesting scriptures that, that you know, I've taught on over the years many different times uh, is, is a scripture in Proverbs where it's talking to parents. And, and in the King James, it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he shall not depart from it. And, uh, you know, I've heard all kinds of religious interpretations of that, believed some of those religious interpretations. But eventually, you know, in reading the Amplified Bible and then looking at the original language, the more I understood how to do research in the Hebrew language, the, the living, I mean, the Amplified Bible says something or translates it something like this, which is a little closer to the, to the original. It says, it says, raise up a child according to his particular bent. And when he's old, he shall not depart from it. Now, you know, so many times parents try to force children to become what they want them to become. Or many parents force children to become what the parent had wished they could have done. You know, like you, you get a parent that wished they'd been a great football player. And so, so they push their sons to play football. Or you get a mother who wishes that she had won beauty contests. She pushes the, her daughters, you know, to, to go into that, into that pursuit. 
You know, there was a, a study, and I don't, I, I'm not going to get these stats right. I'm just, I'm going to get them in the general ballpark. But this, uh, I heard this back, oh, around 2000, somewhere in there. And they were talking about people's dissatisfaction and, and their jobs that they have. And man, it was like, I, I don't even, it, it was like close to 70% of the people surveyed were not satisfied. They were not happy doing what they had to do to make a living. But what was interesting is that level of dissatisfaction went up higher among doctors and lawyers. And I, I found that kind of interesting. And, you know, I began to do some research on it and began to look around. And here's, here's, what I, here's what I think I found. You know, among families with doctors and lawyers, and, you know, probably just like, just like military retirees. In other words, there's certain professions that it seems that the parents have a tendency to want their legacy to be that their children become a doctor or a lawyer or a military retiree or a general or, or whatever. And so, and so what you found was the more in certain uh, jobs and certain professions, you had this higher pressure put on children to be who the parents were. And so you have this incredible, incredible dissatisfaction. And of course, dissatisfaction leads to alcoholism, substance abuse, suicide, uh, or just a general unhappiness throughout life because you're not getting to be who you want to be. Well, you know what's even worse then? You go to church and you're going to church to get set free. And instead of getting set free, you get, you get drug into a new bondage of now somebody's telling you, you got to be like the preacher or you got to be like that denomination or you got to be like the congregation. And so there you are again, rejecting yourself, rejecting your uniqueness, rejecting all of these things and trying to become what you're not. You know, one of the greatest forms of uh, uh, negativity and negative rejection is to think you have to become something else or someone else in order to get accepted, to get a love, get loved and, and get approved. So you go back to that scripture in Proverbs, in raising a child according to their particular bent really means something like this. Find out what they're interested in. And as a believer, raise them to show them how they can walk with God and do the thing that fulfills them. Man, how good can life be when you know you're walking with God and you know that what you're doing, you know, you don't have to quit doing it to please God. You just, you just do it with God. You do it while you're walking with God. You know what, years ago, uh, uh, and many of you who have come to our meetings here in Huntsville, uh, you know, you, you know a lot of the musicians that come in and play in our worship band. And there's a guy that plays keyboard with us. His name is Danny Beeler. I love Danny Beeler. Great friend. Had a great influence on me musically. And just, I just, he just, man, he's just one of those great musicians that you love playing with. Well, I was in a music store one day and I went in to buy some guitar strings. And, uh, and this kid was working the counter. And this particular music store, everybody knew me. Now, people don't know me now as much as they used to, but I was a musician in Huntsville, you know, before I got saved and I had a reputation. And really for years, our band, uh, even though we weren't really that phenomenal, man, we got out and played in restaurants. We played in, in concerts. We got out in places that most Christian worship bands never, ever would get to go. And so just people knew who we all were. And so I was in a music store buying some guitar strings 
And this kid is like, yo, dude, you're like that uh, preacher guy who plays guitar. I'm like, yeah, that, that, that's me. And so I really wasn't interested in having a conversation with this kid. I, 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 have, I, I have this aversion to have having conversations with people that every third word is like. Like, dude, like, you're like that guy who, like, plays guitar. You know, just a, 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 that's a little too many likes for me unless you're on Facebook. Now, <clears throat> so anyhow, but I, 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 out of the corner of my eye, I saw Danny Beale. I didn't know Danny, really. I knew who he was, you know, in a city no bigger than Huntsville. You know, almost all the guys that have been professionals right here know each other or know of each other. And so, but I see him over standing, standing not far from me, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I'm going to use one of my old techniques I used to use in street ministry. When I was in street ministry, one of the things I would do, and Brenda and I have done this together, we would go down to the park, and we would see somebody sitting on a bench. And Brenda would go down first and sit on the end of the bench like she was just there by herself. And I would go sit on the other end of the bench, so the person would be between us. And I would kind of lean out and start speaking to Brenda. So this person's trapped in between us while we're having this conversation. And I would make it like I was leading Brenda to Jesus. And so when I got to the part to ask her to invite Jesus into her life, I would just turn to that person sitting between us. I'd say, so what about you? You want to invite Jesus in your life? And get people saved. Well, I was kind of using that technique. I was thinking, you know, Danny is, I'm not having this conversation with him, but he's going to hear this conversation. So I, so I start talking to this little kid. I'm like, yeah, man, you know something? I get to, and I talk, I raise my voice so Danny would hear me. I start talking about, man, you know, you cannot believe how good life is when you get to play music that you actually like, but you get to do it for God. You get to do it to help people. I'm just, man, I'm talking about using what you're good at, using what you love to do and, uh, and, and be able to use it for God and how great that is. Well, the longer I talk, the more Danny eased over toward where we were. And so in a few minutes, he's standing right beside me and observing this conversation. So at some point, I'm talking about how great it is to use your skill and your gift for God. I turned to him, I said, that's right, man. It, it, wouldn't that be the greatest thing in the world? He's like, uh, 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 yeah. I said, you know what? And you need to come down, you need to come down to our church and sit in and play with our band sometime. And uh, uh, he came and you know something, he, he recommitted his life to the Lord. You know, I think he'd, he'd walked with God when he, a little bit when he was young or gotten saved. When he, he committed his life to the Lord. He was here every single service for years. And now when we have special meetings, he still comes in. But you know, the thing was, is, is probably almost all of his life, he was made to feel like being a professional musician was something that God could not accept and God could not tolerate. Now listen, if, if, if this is your first week to listen to this, go back and listen to the previous two messages because I talk about this. I talk about how particularly with musicians, man, they are, they are forced to believe. You know, you can, be, you can be a lost painter and become a Christian painter. You can be a lost mechanic, become a Christian mechanic. You can be a lost, you know, whatever and, and be a, Christian or whatever, but it's an amazing thing with musicians. It's like, no, if you're, if you're a musician, you got to quit. You got, you got to give all that up. Well, <clears throat> you know something? Uh, no, unless it just interferes with your walk with God, that's really, that's really not the plan because the plan is this, according to your particular bent, what are you passionate about and how can you use that 
to benefit other people, to, to do something for God. Man, when you raise a kid uh, or when you win somebody to Jesus, that's what you do with disciples. You show disciples how they walk with God. They surrender their life, Lord Jesus. And you, but you also help them discover how walking with God is going to be the thing that's going to bring them the greatest success they've ever had without trouble. And that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God can, can uh, make us prosper without trouble. But why? Because it's not based on greed. It's not based on the world system. And it's all about just walking with God and enjoying the, the, the gratification. So you know, we talked about this in the previous sessions a little bit. So that's why God told people in the Old Testament, he's, after the flood and even after man left the garden, he said, go out and, and, and find you a place that looks right to you, that feels right to you. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew word, uh, uh, it, it indicates you've got to look around and you've got, you got to have a perception that says, you know, this is, this is where I feel like I can live my life for God. This is where I feel like I can succeed. It says be fruitful and multiply. And we have taken that, those times that that is mentioned and we have reduced that down to just go out and have a bunch of kids. Well, that, that's all right. And, and, you know, the words need to be populated. But the real truth is being fruitful multiplies more about growing in greatness and success and, and, and being a God factor in the world and doing it where, where you feel right, where you feel connected. Man, oh, man. Listen, I, I want to just talk to you about something. Because, you know, you know all, what this whole month of December is about, it, uh, this is what I call it, enjoying the real you the call to authenticity. And, you know, I, I understand the whole concept of dying to self, but you know what? Religious people don't understand it. And religious people do not teach it the way the Bible uh, wants you to teach it. Because I got news for you. God does not want you to, uh, to hate yourself. God does not want you to reject yourself. God wants you to discover the true authentic you in Jesus. Who are you in Jesus? What do you look like? What would your life look like in Jesus? So today I'm talking about living stones, not bricks. And you got to be saying, man, alive, what is that talking about? Well, you know, some people finally decide that they're going to discover authenticity. And so, you know, they're like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to follow the crowd. I'm not going to be like everybody else. Now I, got, I have to tell you now, all of us to some degree copy other people, you know, uh, uh, you know, when I grew up, you know, as a young boy in the 50s and early 60s, you know, Elvis Presley was an icon. Almost everybody wore their hair kind of like he did. Uh, you know, later on, the Beatles became popular and everybody kind of grew their hair out. And before long, you know, you know there was the hippie movement. So, so we all, on some level, copy other people to some, to some degree. But, uh, you know, in school, I never cared if I looked like everybody else. I never cared if I dressed like anybody, everybody else. I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to dress in a way that was shameful or dirty. Or, you know, I'm just saying I didn't, just didn't care that whether or not I really looked like everybody else because, I, you know, very early on, uh, I was just walking my own path, and there was no great uniqueness about it for me. There was no great spiritual thing about it. I was just walking my own path. You know, later on, in life, I, I became a hippie. Now, there's a difference between hippies and long-haired dope smokers. You know, 
The hippies originally were people who, who were sick of the system, we were sick of the duplicity, we were sick of the hypocrisy, we were sick of the government lying to us, we were sick of watching people our age go to war and die for no reason other than to, other than to make money for oil companies and, and companies who built bombs and missiles and rockets and that sort of thing. But you know, it's really interesting. You know, hippies became a group of people who declared their authenticity by all looking like each other. It's amazing how many teenagers do that. I'm going to go do my own thing. Well, the thing that they happen to do is the thing that makes them look like everybody else. The thing that they get involved in is the thing that all the other kids that are rebellious are doing. So many people, when they start searching for authenticity, all they're really doing is trying to find acceptance. And they'll find some group of people, you know, so that if they'll become like them, they will get acceptance. Well, I got news for you. The greatest journey in your life will be the journey you make of discovering who you really are in Jesus. Discovering who you really are in your connection to God. Discovering how the uniqueness of who you are, your personality, your sense of humor, all of these things, discovering how God can use that to influence people that nobody else can influence. And I don't know about you, but man, I, I love that. You know, the book of Revelation, when it talks about the, the, the believer, it's kind of interesting. It says that, it says that he, it, it, it compares it to like an engagement where it says it gives you a stone. Well, you know, a stone is like an engagement ring. It gives you a stone and only if there's a name and you get a new name. Man, you can't get any more authentic than that when you actually get a new name that God himself gives you. And I can, I can tell you this, and I don't want to go too much into this, but I can tell you this, that, that new name is all about who you really are, you being you in Jesus, you being the version of you that's supercharged by the Holy Spirit, you being the version of you that, you know, th that is an overcomer, you being the version of you that can do what nobody else can do the way you can do it. Man, <laughs> that is life at its very best. Now, in the, in the Bible, it's really interesting. The book of Exodus says this. In Exodus 20, God's telling the people about, about, you know, there will be places, there's going to be places where he tells them to build an altar and he will reveal a particular name of himself because God revealed himself in the Old Testament, uh, you know, before Jesus came by his names. And we understand his character. We understand what he will do and what he won't do based on his names. I got news for you. If more Christians today knew the names of God, knew what they meant, then fewer Christians today would be able to believe all the negative religious junk that is shoveled out uh, from pulpits all across the world that beat you up, make you feel bad, condemn you, and make God look like a murdering psychopath. If you know the names of God, God never violates his name. He does not take his own name in vain. So if you know the names of God, man, you know, if, if it says that God is Jehovah's Shalom, then you know that God is the God of peace. He is not the God of stress. He's not the God of pressure. He's not the God, you know, of whatever. Uh, or if he is Jehovah Roha, the Lord your shepherd, then he's the God that always leads you into the path of righteousness. He never leads you into trouble and, and puts you in all this testing, all this nonsense. But anyhow, so God's saying now, so, so, so when I reveal my name, I'm going to visit you and, and, and when you build, and he said, when you build an altar, now listen to this, if you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it of hewn stone. For if you use your tools on it, then you have profaned it. Now, this is a really important concept because God is saying, 
I do not want you to ever build an altar to me made a brick and or made on something out of something that you shaped. Why? Because you see, we are not bricks before the Lord. We are living stones. We are living stones built up into a holy altar. We're living stones built up into a holy tabernacle. In other words, it takes, and here's the thing about stones. They're all different. None of them are the same shape. None of them are the same size. None of them are the same color. None of them are the same anything. And it takes every person being who they are in Jesus. In other words, you know, God doesn't change your sense of humor, but I'll tell you what he will do. He'll clean it up. God doesn't change uh, whether or not you're a strong leader or not, but I'll tell you what he will do. He'll bring character to it so that you're not a controller. Uh, God doesn't mind that maybe you're a compliant person and you're, you're willing to, you're willing to kind of yield to other people, but I'll tell you what he will do. He, he will give you the grace and the strength so that you are not a pushover. In other words, he will, he will turn every trait that you have to the healthy, positive side of that trait. So, you know, God's called you to be unique. This is, this is the thing every person needs to understand. He doesn't need or desire your imitation of anybody else. That, you know, now Paul said, be a follower of me when I follow Jesus. But he didn't say, you got to become like me. You got to talk like me. You got to have the same accent that I've got. You got to dress the same way that I dress. You know, all those kinds of things. No, imitate me to the degree that I am imitating the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to understand something. Before you got saved, you may not know it, you may not realize it, but you were a slave. You were a slave to sin. If you're a slave to sin, then you are a slave to limited living. You, because sin is all about believing, therefore functioning in a way that is less than what God says about you. Because Sin, that's when we miss the glory of God. Well, the glory of God is the view, the opinion, you know, the kindness, the goodness, the mercy, all of these things, but they're also God's reality. God looks at you, man, and, and I tell you what, He is always looking at you with the sense of this is who you really are. You know, you may not believe it yet. Other people, you know, you may be listening to other people. You may be limited, uh, limited in who you are. But, uh, but if you've been born again on the inside, this is who you are. If you're not born again, then you were created to become like the Lord Jesus Christ. You were created to, to get born again and to live the greatest life that you could ever have. So that's, that's, you know, that's God's goal for your life. Uh, that's, isn't that a terrible, oppressive goal? God's goal for you is to be the best you you could ever be to remove all the limits that are, you have on yourself based on what religion has told you, and to fulfill a destiny that is unique to only you. Man, and, and then in the process, Jesus said, to have this abundant life, this limitless life. This life is better than anything you've ever seen, experienced, heard, or imagined. So you were a slave, and so you didn't get set free from that slavery so you could become a brick. In other words, so you could become like every other Christian, like every other Christian. You know, I, I talked about this, you know, I don't know, last week or the week before last. It just annoys the daylights out of me when I see these people criticizing Kanye West and other, if I was a movie star or a rapper or, and, and man, I was successful and I got saved, I don't even know if I'd come out and tell anybody 
uh, because all the criticism that you get from the Christians judging you, you know, trying to, trying to pass a judgment to determine if you're really authentic or not. Well, man, listen, people that change the world, number one, they are authentic. And because they're authentic, it means that they are not like other people. It means they don't feel the need to be like other people, which means other people have a desperate need to make them and to pressure them into conformity. Why? Because people who are not living their unique self, they know they've got a limited life. They know they're not having life as best. They can't stand to see somebody else enjoying who they really are. Praise God for the people like Kanye. Praise God for the other people that come to Jesus, other actors, musicians, all these people that come to Jesus and use their influence in their own really unique way and do whatever they do for God in their own unique way. So, you know... Uh, God wants you to put off the old man. You know who the old man is? The old man is the fake you. The old man is the you that you believe you are because you've been lied to, because you've been put down, because you've been beat up, because, because you know, you, you've been made to feel like there's something flawed, there's something wrong with you. That's the old man. Dying to self doesn't mean that you cease to live and, and, and you just go, okay, so I, I you know, get, get, a, get, get one of those spiritual cookie cutters and bring it over here and stamp me outside, look like every other Christian and talk like every other Christian and dress like every other Christian and listen to the same music that every other Christian listens to and talking King James English, all that nonsense. No, no. Dying to self, it's when you die to the fake you, the you that you've come to believe that you are outside of Jesus. The you that you believe you are without the grace of God working in you. The you that you believe you are without the power of the Holy Spirit working. I'm, I'm telling you, that's, that's what you die to is, is the lie of who you are. You know something? And we only have a couple of minutes here. In the book of Genesis, the 10th and 11th chapter, we have the story of Nimrod. Now, Nimrod was the first socialist leader that tried to take over the world. And one of the things that Nimrod did and the typology in Nimrod, and, I, and I, you know, I've heard Jewish scholars talk about this, you know, he, he had the people to start making bricks to build a tower that would reach unto heaven. Now, this tower was being built so that they could get in defiance of God because, because he had convinced the world that because of the flood, God was a bad God and they had to bind together and they had to, they had to find a, a way to connect with the heavens. And some people believe that the, actually the Tower of the Babel was a portal of where fallen angels would come through. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But the key thing is that it was all about making bricks. And the idea here is we're going to make everybody be just alike. Well, you know, I just want to tell you something. I just, you know, I just thinking about this a few minutes ago. When, when people try to make you like somebody else, they can't, if you, if you got a poverty mentality, then they can't make you as successful as somebody else. You know, you know what that means? That means that they got to get the successful person to be less successful. If somebody, you know, if somebody is, come, man, if they're creative and they're coming up with ideas and, uh, and, they, and they want everybody to be equal, then they got to get that person that's creative to come down to the lower level of the person who is not creative. Socialism says you can't be 
who God says you are. It says you are wrong and selfish if you want to be unique. You know, being unique doesn't say I'm better than anybody else. Being unique just says, you know what, I'm going to be me and Jesus, and I'm going to use who I am in Jesus to help others. I'm going to be a blessing to others. I can lift, I can lift people up and if I'm walking with God. But I tell you, if I'm not walking with God, if I'm trying to conform, be like everybody else, then all I can do is sink in the quicksand with everybody else. Listen, I got so much more to talk to you about this. Be sure if you if you're watching this on YouTube and you'd like it, be sure and like it and subscribe to it. This has caused thousands of other people to see this. If you've got people who are just choking to death because they're becoming like uh, what religion says they've got to become, they're being crushed by the dreams of their parents. Send them, share this video with people so that they can get the courage to dis to pursue and become who they really are in Jesus. So like it, share it, comment, talk about it. And, and you know something? Go to my website, impactministries.com. If you want to help me, I'm going to raise up a billion people around the world who will trust and walk with God and become the true authentic self. And if you're interested in helping me do that, then go to impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. And I'm going to tell you something, we're going to reach the world together. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.